So here's what we're doing today. The topic I picked out, I'm calling this thing, you don't need more leads. And some of you are already shaking your heads going, that's, that's wrong, totally wrong. I need more leads, I always need more leads. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. So here's what we're doing today. The topic I picked out, I'm calling this thing, you don't need more leads. And some of you are already shaking your heads going, that's, that's wrong, totally wrong. I need more leads. I always need more leads. I'm not going to argue with you. Although sometimes, right, you actually have more leads than you know what to do with. And it's about look, learning to be more efficient with what you have, right? So this is not going to be a talk about how to organize your CRM. That is happening on Friday with David Tam, categorizing things like that. This is not going to be a talk about retargeting and what you can do to drive more uh, to drive more in, you know, engagement with the leads you already have. That's a whole separate discussion we can go into, right? Those of you, if you were part of the, uh, the Agent Collective, we have our, our high-level monthly mastermind, right? Mainly for uh, higher producers, team leaders. We'll go over that today. If you guys want to dive into how do you, you know, do some retargeting and things like that with the, uh, with the leads we have. What today is about, it's about, oh, it's about trains. No, I'm kidding. The train will be gone in a second. It is about some basic ground rules and habits that some of you guys know and some of you guys could use a reminder. Some of you guys, you already have these nailed that you literally could teach this. And just to go back and look through a filter of what are you doing with the leads you currently have to figure out ways that you can make sure that you are maximizing all the leads you have. So I want you to write this down. I was going to, uh, I was actually going to make PowerPoint slides out of this and decided it was better to have you guys write this down because I'm really obsessed with the whole idea of habits these days. And part of the habit is to go through and to establish that connection between the brain and your hand. And that helps solidify things in your memory. So I will give you this document at the end. If you're driving right now and you're like, dude, I just, I don't, I don't want to use my hands. Totally cool. I'll give you the entire document, but I didn't make pretty slides because I want you just to write this thing down and to see the visuals on your own paper. So grab a piece of paper. Here's what I want you to write down. I had a coach teach me this years and years ago. They said, I said, they said, you don't need more leads. I said, why? They said, if you learn to do more with less, then your future will always be in your control. If you learn to do more with less, your future will always be in your control. And what do I mean by that, right? Most of you have a goal. I see you write them down. I love it. If you learn more to do more with less, your future will always be in your control. Some of you have a goal in terms of this year, it's 2021, year just started. I want to sell a certain amount of houses this year, or I want to make a certain amount of money this year, right? And if we work backwards from that, chances are you need to talk to a certain amount of people or go on a certain amount of appointments to get that number. That was what Jake Dixon, those of you guys who saw that a few weeks ago, ran through, ran through with you guys, that calculator. Now, the piece of it that we don't talk about there is what if you can convert more leads or let's say you had to go on five listing appointments to take one listing. What if you just go on one listing appointment to take a listing or two listing appointments? Does that make sense, guys? So we're going to go through some strategies here to make this more efficient. So the first rule to write down is always control your environment. And I'll break this down in a bunch of contexts. Always control your environment. These rules I'm teaching you, by the way, this have been on the cover of my own personal script book that I carry around for years and years. 
most of the agents on our team, we have the script book that we carry around. This is like the cover sheet, just some few basic rules. So control your environment. What does that mean? Let's first put in context of where you actually prospect, right? This is a new year. Do you sit down at the same desk, the same time, the same way every day to prospect? Is your desk cluttered and messy? Is your desk neat? Do you feel inspired when you sit down? Do you feel energized? Are you excited? Or do you sit down and you're like, oh, this sucks, this is terrible. Is there anything you can do for your space to make yourself a little more excited to sit down and actually work? Is this, anybody, do you guys already think of their ways you can, you can optimize? I see one person's like, yeah, I, got, I could optimize my space, right? More importantly for controlling your environment, this is really when you're face-to-face -face with clients. That's what I mainly think about with control your environment. So if you're face-to-face, with a buyer or a seller, or in this case, face-to-face -face over Zoom. Has anyone raised your hand if you've started doing a lot of Zoom buyer consultations or listing appointments? Anyone raise your hand? Okay. Controlling your environment works with Zoom as well. I learned these over Zoom from my wife, who's a therapist, who also does all of her sessions now over Zoom, thanks to COVID, right? So when she starts her therapy sessions, she has people line up on camera. I literally, I, I, she was talking to me about it. I'm like, do you really do this? She's like, yes. She has to move around so that they're lined up in the center of the camera. So that way she can look at them when she's looking at the camera and she's looking at the screen. Does that make sense, guys? How many of you have done an appointment with someone where it looks like this? And you're like talking to them and you can't like, and you can't see them, you can't hear them. Do you guys move your clients around on Zoom? Are you that directive? Or do you feel uncomfortable being like, I don't know if I should do that? If you do it with compassion and energy. It's, it's okay to do that guys. It's okay. Cause you guys zoom a lot. Your clients probably don't. It's the same thing as if you're sitting face to face with a seller, how many of you have been on a listing appointment where you ended up sitting between the husband and the wife? Anyone ever sit down at the kitchen table and you got the husband on one side, you're in the middle and the wife's on the other side, you weren't paying attention. You're like, ah, I'm sitting in between a couple raise your only one of you. No. Do you guys just all know better not to do that? How many of you know, you shouldn't sit in between a husband and a wife. Okay. And do you know that because you've ever done it or you just know you shouldn't do it? Because if you've ever done it once, it is the most awkward situation you will ever have. And if you find yourself sitting in that space, it's okay to just pause and say, hey, can we switch chairs? This is part of controlling your environment. And there's a couple things that controlling your environment does. One, in the power dynamic of that, that conversation, it helps you shift it in your direction. It helps you immediately start to take control at a very subtle level. If you're moving your clients around on camera, hey, would you mind scooting in the middle? I just want to make sure that, you know, so we can really communicate. I have really good, you know, I want to see you in the middle of my screen so I can look at you when I'm looking. Look, do you hear me okay? Like these are the things I do, but it starts to shift that you're in control of this conversation. And if you're a buyer or a seller, what do you want from your agent? Anyone, someone come off mute and tell me, what do you want from your agent? What are the things you're looking for? Somebody that's strong and confident. Debbie says strong and confident. I love it. And leadership. You know, what did you say, Lori? Leadership. Leadership, right? And it doesn't matter if you're working with buyers or sellers. Does this make sense, guys? So everybody, if you're listening right now, some of you are already sitting up, sit up in your chair, okay? So I'm standing up today because I want to be like here with you. So sit up and just notice the difference you feel. When you're sitting with someone in person, you probably don't forget to sit up straight because you're like, oh, I'm in person, I'm sitting there. But over Zoom, which is the way so much of our world has gone, Controlling your environment is also how you control your own physical space when you're talking to people. So if you sit up straight, if you're on camera, if you, this is going to go a long way, guys. I'm telling you, if you want to learn to do more with less, every single appointment, not trying to raise the pressure, actually want to take the pressure off. So here's what I want you to write down for the second rule. I had a coach teach me this one. One of the coaches I had for a while is a guy named John Cheplak. How many of you have heard of John Cheplak? 
He's a, he's small circles. He's got, starting to get a good reputation about a lot of people in our industry. I don't know where he got this one from because he said it wasn't his original for him either. So write this one down. This is one of my favorites. Be attached to the process, detached from the outcome. Be attached to the process, detached from the outcome. Once you're done writing, look up at camera. The first time I heard this one, I wasn't so sure about it. How many of you, as soon as you're done writing it down, I want you to like thumbs up, wave your hand. Like, do you like this one? Do you already get it? How many of you are like, I, I like this. I get it. Okay. So when we talk about controlling your environment and sitting up straight, right? It's not about like, if you have to nail this listing or you have to get this buyer agreement signed or you have to get them to write this offer, that is about attachment. That is your attachment to how the result's going to go. And it gets in the way. It gets in the way of connecting with your client. It gets in the way of getting where you want to go. Whereas if you're attached to the process, how do you arrive at the result you're looking for? Right? This whole controller environment, this is part of my process. I start a listing appointment. I move people around on camera. I go through a flow. Do you guys all have processes that you follow? I mean, I'm not teaching you process today, but raise your hand. I'm assuming you have some processes you follow. That's what you want to be obsessed with. Those process, not where you end up. Making sense? Okay. That one, you might want to say to yourself a few times today or over the next couple of weeks. I say that one to myself all the time. And to me, it just helps bring that stress level down, which allows me to do the things I need to do. All right, cool. Uh, next one, really simple. This is like a basic building block habit. There's only three outcomes to every conversation. Even if you already get this, you know this deeply, I want you to write this down and see if you really follow this. There's only three outcomes to every conversation. Ready? Number one, you book an appointment. Number two, you're setting follow-up, which in most of my CRMs, and we'll go deeper on Friday on CRMs, looks like you're scheduling a task or a reminder or an activity or something else is actually calendared, okay? And number three, I used to say long ago they were dead. We literally, we would talk about it, you know, they're dead, dead lead. And then someone reframed it for me once upon a time and said, no, nah, they're just in a coma. So number three, the third phase for me is coma. And why is it a coma? If anyone, have, hopefully you've never had any relatives, friends, or people you know in a coma, but if you've seen it in a TV show or a movie, what do you do when someone's in a coma? You walk over to their bed in the hospital, you sit there and you're like, hi, I'm just going to talk nice to you. I hope you can hear me, right? So it's like, you're still going to say nice things. You're going to drip on them. You're going to do things that, right? They're not gone forever. It's why we don't take people out of our database. You're just dripping them on nice things. And eventually, hopefully they, they come out of their coma. Okay, so those are the three outcomes. You can either book an appointment, schedule a follow-up, or they're in a coma. Can anyone think of any other outcomes from a conversation you would have with a potential buyer or seller? Now, here's the real be honest moment for yourself. Are you actually categorizing them when you finish every conversation? Are you actually scheduling or calendaring a reminder every single time as a habit? Raise your hand if you're like every single time. Don, you got it? They can say yes. They can say yes. Well, is that, that's book an appointment, right? No, that's yes to the contract. Oh, okay. Well, you know, all right. So, okay. all right. I, I like it. No, no. I like that, Don. So let's change number one as they say yes. Because if you're over the phone, the first step is booking an appointment. But if you're sitting face to face, the outcome could be they say yes. I love it. I, I'm, I'm coachable. There you go. So we'll change step one. And not, step one, if you're over the phone, it's book an appointment. If you're face to face, they say yes. Right. You get hired. But are you Jesse, guys we, go ahead. Go ahead, Matthew. We like to try to get a referral to someone who they may know that would be ready to do business with us if they're not re quite ready yet, or we can't get the next step with them, but say, Hey, well, do you know anybody that, that might could benefit from talking to us? 
or I love it. Yeah. So a referral because a referral to someone is just as good as getting business out of them. Okay. So there you go. So, 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 so well, that's a yes or under scheduling follow-up that could be a, a, a second part of number two, right? If they're scheduled follow-up, is there a referral that can be generated? I love it, Matthew. I love it. If you guys don't know Matthew and Don, by the way, they both run great teams. One in San Diego, Matthew over in the, uh, the East coast in the Carolinas. He covers like the entire three States of the Carolinas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> maybe anyway. three, maybe three counties, not three, three counties. States. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but, but guys, I want you to really look critically at your own processes. Do you have a habit booked? And now I'm going back to that first phone call because we're at the beginning of the year. Most of you guys are kind of reviving your pipeline, getting stuff going. Do you have a habit booked where at the end of the conversation, you're like, yep, I got to schedule my follow-up. It is so much easier to book the next call while you're actually on the phone with them or in, in the middle of a text conversation or a DM or whatever it is than going back. And if you hang up the phone and you haven't said another, yeah, I was calling six months, cool, whatever, talk to you later. Like, Make sure you don't necessarily need to calendar it with them. They're not going to look at their calendar six months from now. It's on your side. Make sure you've booked it. If it's short term, make sure you've communicated with them. And I'll, I'll, I'll hang up the phone. And I'll be like, oops, and I'll call them back and, not, and I'll actually pick a time if, we, if it's going to be something short term if I forgot. Like you can continue to develop this habit. Is this making sense, guys? And if they say check back in six months, I check back in three. There you go. Uh, that was a good one. That's, a, that's later on in my sheet, but I think you're, who is that? That's Anita. I love it. That is the rule of half. Okay, whatever they tell you, cut in half. How many of you have ever had that experience where someone says, yeah, call me in X amount of time and then you call them and they've already bought or sold? That's happened to you once. It's happened to me like three times and then I promise never again, right? So check back early, check back often. Here's a, a really easy one that I think some of you probably know, but write this down just in case. It's easier to book an appointment. Sorry, it's easier to unbook an appointment than to book it. It's easier to unbook an appointment than to book it. How many of you guys know that one? How many of you guys know what I mean? It's easier to unbook an appointment than to book it. Ready for a little thought experiment? No one's raising their hand, so I'll make sure I explain this one for you guys. Ready? Little thought experiment. Okay, guys, I want you to think of an elephant. You thinking about an elephant? Thinking about an elephant? All right, now, now pat, pat your belly, right? Pat your belly, rub your head. If you can do that, don't mess up your hair, it's okay. Okay, you still thinking of an elephant? Okay, and, right? There's a certain point where your brain shuts down. You're like, it's, it, you probably stop thinking about that elephant just a little bit, right? When you started doing the other thing. When you're on the phone with someone, this is more of a phone-based rule, right? This is why it's part of my script book. It's a phone-based rule. When you're on the phone with someone, be honest, guys. How many of you are thinking, I don't know if I want to work with this person? Raise your hand. I don't know if this person sounds like they're worth my time. I don't know if they have any money. I don't know if they can buy. Be honest. Raise your hand. Anyone, anyone do this when you're first talking to someone? You are judging them. Your brains are meaning-making machines. I promise they are. You're doing it. And this is something that's been ingrained into my head years ago. Your only goal when you're on that first call, right? Because you, you, you want them to say yes. You want them to book an appointment. If you are thinking, is this person worth my time? It is very hard to book that appointment. Even those of you who've been doing this for years and years and years, be honest, have you ever been guilty of this? Especially those of us who've done this for a long time. We start to think we know everything. We're like, oh, I got this. Like, I don't need to talk to this person. I already got, I got their story. I, I figured it out, right? No, I, I do this all the time and I catch myself. I, I go one thing through and if you hang up that phone and you realize, oh man, they just told me they have no money. They're sleeping on their brother's couch. They had a bankruptcy six months ago, right? They have no job. They're blah, 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 blah. All these things like, okay, call them back and, and unbook that appointment. That's what that means. Does this make sense, guys? 
just move forward first with one thing on your mind. Don't try to do the elephant touch, pat your belly, rub your head. Like you can't do all those things at once. Your brain can't do it. All right. Next one. And I've said this to you a bunch of times, but some of you might be new and have never heard this. There are only two reasons why someone won't work with you. There's a whole 30 minute training I did on this. I still think it's a good one. Does anyone remember the two reasons why someone won't work with you? Type it in the box. Yeah. They don't like you and you're, and they're not ready. Okay. I like it. They don't like you and they're not ready. So the way I word both those, Terry, because I agree with both those. So either those roll up into the two umbrella categories that I say, here's the two reasons why. Number one is they feel threatened. They feel threatened. And I think the idea of they don't like you probably falls under, they feel threatened. It doesn't mean that like you're physically threatening. Like, is anyone on this call taller than six, four, six, five, couple, you know, 250, anyone? No, right. None of you guys are physically frightening people. But those of you guys are nice, pleasant people. What I mean by they, they feel threatened is how many of you like salespeople? Raise your hand if you love salespeople. Anybody? One, two of you? Awesome. I hope, I'm glad you guys love salespeople. I do too. It's funny. This is the cool thing. You're all salespeople and yet we don't like salespeople. It's one of the weird things about our profession, right? So when I say they feel threatened, I mean, they're worried they're going to talk you into doing something they don't want to do, you don't, they want, don't want to do before they're ready, right? So if they don't like you, that could fall into feeling threatened. Or the second thing is they don't see the value. So if they're not ready, what Terry just said, they're not ready, that to me falls under the category of they don't see the value. It's the only two reasons why someone won't do work business with you. And if you want to play the game for a few minutes, we got time here. I got a few more rules, but we got time. Come up with an objection that doesn't fall into one of those two categories. They feel threatened or they don't see the value. Anyone got an objection? No one wants to play the game. That's okay. All right. We did it in the last one. So here's why I want you to, to remember this one though. As a habit, if you start to view the world through that framework, it becomes really easy. If you're not getting the results you're looking for with a lead, right? You're on the phone with someone or you're sitting face to face and it's not going where you want to go. I want you to start thinking in your head. Is it that they don't see the value or is it that they feel threatened? Which one is it? Or is it both? And then address that. Remove the threat. Add value. Remove the threat. Add value. It becomes a really simple framework. <clears throat> This is going to help increase your, uh, give me one sec, Debbie. This is going to help increase your, uh, um, your efficiency with the amount of leads you have. If you start to, cause it's going to help you troubleshoot your own results as to why it's not going where you want it to go. Go ahead, Debbie. You got a question? Yes. I had an objection. I met a, uh, a lady in our neighborhood and she says at the first of the year, she's going to be getting her house ready and putting it on the market. And I said, oh, great. I just got to uh, Vegas and um, I got my license and I would love to help you start and to prepare and getting your house ready, you know, just kind of give you some um, information on, you know, what's out there and, you know, how your house value. And she goes, well, the lady that's been here forever in this subdivision, she's like 80 some years old. She's been selling for the last 30 years. And that's just everybody's go-to person. So I'm just going to use her. Don't even worry about it. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. So did she feel threatened or not see the value? I don't think she saw the value. Fully. How many of you guys raise your hand if you agree? 100% she didn't see the value, Debbie, right? Because, and is that your question, right? Or you want to know which category it fits under? Yeah. I just wanted to know if I was just making, because, you know, at first when I thought about it, I was just, you know, I didn't know where to categorize, I mean, you know, put it in what place to put it yep. in because it, I was, I had just met her and I know she didn't know me, but, um, but she, after I was saying, I'm not asking for a commitment, you know, trying to, 
right, just but, and, talk myself up. I was like, where, what happened? Oh, what, where on. did I go wrong? Yep. So, so check this out guys. And by the way, this, thank you for sharing this. This is a good one guys. Listen. So when she said, guys, I'm not asking for a commitment, that's taking away the pressure. That's taking away the threat. Right. But the challenge here was really, truly like she didn't see the value. She had an agent, this person in the area that's been there for years and years and years, 30 years sells everything in this woman's in this potential seller's brain, in this woman's brain, she's thinking, why do I need to talk to another realtor? There's zero value. I am wasting my time. So your goal, Debbie, is to open a loop of curiosity with this person to even get a chance to go illustrate more value, right? You've got to either plant the seed of doubt or differentiate yourself somehow, right? So I would throw, I'm just making this up, but I'd throw out something like, I totally respect that, right? That you got this woman that sold every house in that neighborhood for 30 years. I guess my question is, if there is an agent from outside the area, right? who actually could sell a house for more money that did something that was different that hadn't been done with every other sale in that area. Cause there are a bunch of different ways to sell houses that can help maximize you know, the sales price for the seller. Would that be at least interesting to explore? Right. You could throw out something like that. Now I'm just, I'm opening a loop of curiosity. I'm not trying to get hired right there. I'm not trying to commit to anything. Right. Or you could throw out something like, man, that person must be amazing. They sell every single house in this neighborhood. I get that. Right. What I've learned is there's some really specific steps that people take uh, that can either net them a lot of money or cost them thousands of dollars when they're getting ready for a sale. And since you're not getting ready till next year, um, at least that gives you time to explore and make sure that, that you've explored all of this. And this woman who sells everything, she might know a lot of these things, but I don't know if she knows all of them, right? No pressure from me either way, who you work with. I'm happy to at least make sure you're, you're checking all the boxes and going to make sure you net the most money no matter who you work with. You want to chat for a few minutes, make sure you got everything correct. Something like that. Does this make sense, guys? I'm just making these up. They're kind of rambly, but like, I'm just trying to open a loop of curiosity with her, but it all goes back to illustrating value. All right. I got a couple more for you. Ready? Write this down. Really, really easy one, but you know this. I know you know this, but you've probably forgotten it. Always make sure to get all decision makers present. Always make sure to get all decision makers present. It's the start of 2021. How many of you at least one time in 2020, did an appointment with just one of a husband or wife or just one of a brother or sister. Raise your hand. Be honest. Let's see it. Only two of you? You can go on more appointments. Okay. All right. You guys better than I thought. That's cool. No worries. I mean, Dwayne's been doing this for years. I do this for years. I do it too. Cause sometimes you get excited. This hot leads on the phone. You're like, I'm just going to go meet with them. Right. Just basic rule. Make sure you always get all the makers presence. All right. Last couple ones here. Um, hey Jesse, that only oh. happens once though. <laughs> Really? See, it always happens two or three times to me. I do it once. I mean, with that, I one cl with that client. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I educate him right at, at the stuff. I can't, I can't be showing you the property and then going to show your husband the property. I need both of you together. Does that make sense? And then they, they get it. And so it's really not their fault because they don't really know. It's my fault. I should be uh, upfront with that, yeah. you know, telling them, Hey, this is my expectations da, 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 as I'm, we're going to the appointment before we get to the appointment. But, uh, you know, so I tell them the first time after I meet with them, I say, we can't do it this way. You know, I need both of you on the same page and you both need to see the house. And, be, and to be honest with you, there's been times where the, the wife says the husband's working and he he's good with whatever I go with. And I'm like, I, I really like to see him to see it before we write an offer. And she don't and she didn't want him. She said, we'll write the offer. And he didn't care. It was really <laughs> odd. But that, that is that is a one in a very rare chance. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Don. Uh, I've had that before where you have to show the one party. And uh, well, you sold two houses to one guy, never showed the wife. 
Wow. But they were investments. So. And, and, and by the way, guys, there are times for any of these rules that you can find exceptions, of course, right? And like sometimes there are times where just logistically with COVID, with everything, with lack of childcare, you have to show a house sometime to one spouse and then the other later. Or like Don and Dwayne said, maybe never to the other spouse, right? There are times like that. But this, I'm giving you general overall rules. All right. Last one. Ready? I want you guys to write this one down or just actually do it. Always keep your hot client list with you at all times. And I want to know, I want to be honest, because I've done this for years. How many of you guys actually do it right now? And let's talk about how, what format you have it in. How many of you have like your client list written on a wall near where you are right now? Raise your hand. You got your hot client list, hot lead list written on a wall. Okay. How many of you got it in a database? Raise your hand if it's in a database. How many of you have it on a piece of paper? See, anybody has it on a piece of paper? All right. So here's the challenge I'm going to give you for the first week of the year. Try this out. You can tell me I'm insane later, but I've done this for years. And so many of the top producing agents I've known and talked to do the same thing. And it would surprise me. Take a piece of paper. Okay. Normally eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and fold it in half. And fold it in half again. And fold it in half again. Depending on your handwriting, that might be small enough. Okay. Maybe, maybe one more time, depending, but you want to be able to put your hot lead list on a piece of paper like this, right? Your goal is really to have about as many as 15 hot leads, but really only like five of them are hot, hot. The other five are kind of in the process of like moving up, moving on down the list. The other five probably are dropping off at some point. But if you keep this list in your pocket, what happens when you pull your phone out of your pocket? What happens when you're sitting somewhere, right? You, you see their name, it jogs your memory. And these are people that you wanna make sure you're talking to. If you wanna do more with less guys, just seeing these names, it's great to have it on a wall in front of you. It's great to have it in a CRM. There's something about physically having it on a piece of paper and keeping it with you, right? I wanna, I wanna get some feedback. How many of you, not all the time, but in your career have ever done this? Anyone in your career, someone come up, unmute yourself and tell me if you've ever, okay, so Don came off and Connie, let's see, Don and Connie. Do, what, what do you think about keeping your list on a physical piece of paper in your pocket? Well, I, I write everything down and I keep daily logs I write down and I add to them. And uh, so I always have that hot list going. I love it. And you've yeah. done it for years, right? Yeah. Well, I'm old school. <laughs> I, I know this is old school, but that's why I'm talking about it. Cause, cause I'm new school. I love technology, but I still like a piece of paper in my pocket. Right. Yeah. Connie, what about you? So I have a real small notebook that I keep them in and it goes everywhere with me. And I am a big believer that if you're writing it down, it connects in your brain better. You know, there's lots of studies on that. So instead of typing or whatever, write it, but I'll have it. And if you're standing in a line somewhere, instead of staring at your phone or just, you know, wasting time, call somebody. And just say, hey, I was just thinking of you. What's, do you have any questions about what's happening? Just check in. And it comes across more casual because you're not doing your prospecting time where you sort of get that mode going. Um, and I just think it helps a lot because some can slip through the cracks for sure or you miss their timing. That's I, 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 lo I love it, Connie. And, and guys, ch check this out, right? How many of you, have thought, you know what? This is New Year. I'm going to get really organized. I'm going to get organized this year. I'm going to get all my leads organized. We get everything organized. Raise your hand. Like, I'm going to get organized. I'm going to do this. How many times in your career have been like, I'm going to get really organized? And then you never do it. Okay. This is like the easy. How many of you as real estate agents are like, I'm not highly analytical or I'm just not like, it's not my, it's not my jam. I don't love spreadsheets. I don't like cl clicking buttons. This is the world's easiest way 
to get organized and make more money in less time. Just take a little piece of paper, write down your top leads and keep it in your pocket. It's the simplest system. It'll take you five to 10 minutes. And that, that's why I love it because it doesn't require getting organized. Kiss. It doesn't require keep anything. It simple, right? It, keep it simple, simple stupid. <laughs> it's, so, it's so simple. So take it on as a, this, this week, try it out. Take five minutes. We're going to wrap up the call here in a minute. Take five minutes and try that one out. And then tell me what you think. If you think, Jesse, it's a waste of time. It's lame. I don't want to carry a piece of paper with me. Fine. I'm telling you, this little sheet of paper with names on it will be one of the best tools. If you got nothing else out of this call, that one will be really good. So go back, take a look at this. Um, guys, we now have a, a public service announcement that I'm going to say on most of these. And we'll have the host say every day, just in case you have no idea what these agent power huddles are about, right? If you guys want more information about anything we talked about today, they get connected to the agent power huddle. We got a free Facebook group. So join our Facebook group. Um, this call is designed for agents in our EXP organization, but it's open to any agent from a, from, from any brokerage. Uh, really open to any agent. Sorry, I was like, where, my phone's ringing. Something's ringing. It's open to any agent from any brokerage. So if you guys are guests, whoever invited you here today, ask them questions, right? We're happy you're here. Happy, thrilled you're here. The whole idea, guys, is we just want our industry rocking. We just want our industry creating amazing experiences for our clients. That's how people fall in love with us, how they send us referrals, how we live great lives. Okay. So write this down again at the end to wrap this up. If you learn to do more with less, your future will always be in your control. Did everyone learn at least one thing today that can help you do more with less? Or a reminder of something you already knew? Raise your hand. Remember something you already knew before. We're like, that's that. That's the one. That was the whole idea today. Simple things to keep in your brain to stack these habits one on top of each other. All right. Enjoy your day, guys. Go have some fun. Thanks, <clears throat> Thanks for doing this, Jesse. Of it course. Bye, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.